Amen. Welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths. Glad you're here. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, I was a test. You guys are awake. That's excellent. You're probably more awake than I am. Um, I don't have much in the way of announcements, right? We got the chargers are using our parking lot, so be wary if, if you're coming during the week. You might need to put one of those pink things in your window. Um, also, fair parking is going on, and they're always looking for helpers. Um, if you want to learn more about that, talk to Steve and Courtney Atkins. Uh, we get the honor and the privilege of uh, Madeline Reynolds is here, and she's going to be sharing her, her, her singing gift with us this morning. And uh, I was here when they're warming up, and we're in for a treat. Um, would you... Is there anything else I'm missing? Everybody's thrown off. This is the communion table, and it is down. Everybody take a deep breath. We're going to make it. It's still it's good. Uh, and actually, it'll tie into my sermon pretty nicely. So uh, please stand for this morning's call to worship. And our, our call to worship comes from Psalm 82. I'm going to read the first two verses from the Passion Translation. Lord... Your love has poured out so many amazing blessings on the land. You've restored Jacob's destiny from captivity. You've forgiven our many sins and covered every one of them in your love. In the Passion Translation, they translate Selah. Pause in his presence. Let's worship the Lord singing the truth. We are God's people.
Please be seated and send the students and children forward. And you might want to sit to the right or the left of the table. You see what Philip puts up with last minute? Philip, what do you have for me? Thank you, Philip. All right, so, hey, look at all you guys. This is awesome because, like, five minutes ago, I was like, there's nobody here. And so we're just not even going to do the children's message. We're just going to go on. But, um, hey, okay, so today, since we're done with BBS and we were done with our last uh, lessons, we're starting a whole new lesson, and we're talking about, well, let's see. We're talking about. Who can tell me what this is? What is it? It's a belt. So this is pretty spiff. You can tell how often I update my wardrobe. Um, So here's a belt. That was pretty cool. You know, you'd wear that with, like, jeans and maybe a leather jacket or something. I got got another belt right here. So we were going to talk about a belt. So who knows what belt we talk about in the Bible. Check this out. I've got this one too. Look at how pretty this one is. This is a belt that goes with that goes with like a dress. You see, look at it. It's like sparkly. So do you think this, was, this would hold up in jeans or? No, probably not. Like I'd have to be pretty careful with this, right? Like that would have to go like maybe on this. It could go around. But I have another belt here. I don't think that one would last, but check out these belts. This belt. This is a pretty sturdy belt, and it has a really pretty belt buckle, although I haven't, um, I should have shined it up because it's real silver. This is for riding a horse. This is pretty sturdy. I could probably take this into battle, this belt right here. Don't you think? I could. I've been kicked off, bucked off a horse on this. I've, I've done a lot of stuff on this. And this belt, with this belt, and this belt's been good. Pretty sturdy, right? I could probably take that with my horse into battle. Here's another one. It's leather. And this belt buckle actually has horses on it. You see that? This belt I could probably take into battle, too. Because it's pretty sturdy. We're going to talk about a belt. We're going to start talking about our armor of God. That when God sends us into battle, he doesn't send us in naked. He sends us in with what we need. And our belt, yeah, with our clothes. But with our armor and our clothes. So part of our armor is the belt of truth. So we're going to be talking about truth today. And we're going to be talking about is there a truth or a not a truth Is it just truth the way somebody sees it is one truth and the way somebody else sees it is another truth? What is the truth? And what belt do you want to take into battle with you? So we can always, always take the belt of truth in with us. It doesn't even, it'll match any outfit we're wearing, right? So that's the one we should have on all the time. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And um, I think that's what Jason was going to talk about too. Um, So for all you adults who may already know about the belt of truth, here's a question for you, because we'll be posing other questions as we go to Sunday school. But what's your belt of truth? What's your ultimate truth? What's your truth that you could tell another person on the street when you meet them about Jesus? 
Think about it. We should all have it. What's that? Yeah. So that's a good, those are good truths. But think about what's your ultimate truth. So, and do you wear that belt of truth every day? That's another one. All right, so that's what we're going to learn about today. Anyway, let's pray, okay? Let me put my last belt back in. Let's pray as we go off to Sunday school. I thank you, Lord, that you give us the armor, that you've won the war already. We're going into battle, and it's going to be a fight, but we know who wins. It's like seeing the end of a movie, and we already know. When we watch the movie the next time, we're like, hey, we know who wins, but we do know who wins. But I thank you that you give us what we need when we go into battle so that we can be victorious. And a belt of truth is something that we need. Your truth, Lord, and your wisdom and your light that we learned about at BBS. We thank you, Lord, for giving us everything we need so when we go into battle, we are victorious. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, be with us as we're in Sunday school today. And all God's children said...
Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain.
Spirit of God <clears throat> helps us in our weaknesses, interceding with sighs too deep for words, knowing that God hears what is deep in our hearts as well as the words we speak. Let us come to God in prayer. O oh Lord our God, you call us to proclaim the gospel but we remain silent in the presence of evil. You call us to be reconciled to you and one another, but we are content to live in separation. You call us to seek the good of all, but we fail to resist the powers of oppression. You call us to fight pretensions and injustice, but we sit idly by, endangering the lives of people far and near. Forgive us, O Lord. Reconcile us to you by the power of your Spirit, and give us the courage and strength to be reconciled to others. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. Amen. As Christ healed the afflicted and restored those who had died, so also through him our sins are forgiven and we are given new life. Christ presents us holy and blameless before God. Continue in the faith. Remain stable and steadfast and do not shift from the hope of the gospel. For it is in Jesus Christ that we are forgiven. Thanks be to God.
Thank you, Madeline. We are in the series, Lift Up Your Gaze. Um, We took a break from, we started Colossians, and then we took a break and went into the Gospels, and we're back in Colossians this morning. Just a reminder, Paul wrote uh, this letter to the church at Colossae. It's a new church plant, real small. And Paul is in prison at the time in Ephesus about 100 miles away from where he's writing this. It's a short, powerful note, really. And its main gist is a a call for the people of God to rage against the empire. And the empire being uh, Rome at that time. And for us, the empire being the evil empire. We're kingdom people, right? Yes or no? Yeah? Okay, good. King Jesus is our king. 
We're living in his kingdom in the midst of this fallen and evil kingdom. And so he kicks off the letter a couple weeks ago. I preached this with a prayer for them and a prayer for us. And it's all about identity. You remember? It's all about identity. And he continues with that identity. Let's pick it up in Colossians chapter 2. I'm going to start in verse 6. As y'all, because it's second plural. um, Paul was from Texas, by the way. uh, As you all, as you the church, therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord. Continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition according to the elemental spirits of the universe, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have come to fullness in him, who is the head of every ruler and every authority. In him also you were circumcised with a spiritual circumcision, By putting off the body of the flesh in the circumcision of Christ. When you were buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. And when you you were dead in trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive together with him. When he forgave all your trespasses, all our trespasses, erasing the record that stood against us with its legal demands, he set this aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and made a public example of them, triumphing over them in it. This is the word of the Lord. Chuck Swindoll used to always say, whenever you come across a therefore, what's it there for? What's the therefore there for? And I think, and all the commentators agree, that it's pointing back to chapter 1, verse 26. The mystery has been hidden through the ages and generations, but has now been revealed to his saints. To them... God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Since, therefore, as you therefore have received Christ, as you contemplate the truth that for some reason God picked you, it's a mystery. Have you seen the way I act? (laughs) God picked me. All my flaws, all my mistakes, all of it. He says, that's my creation. I don't make mistakes. That's Jason Warren Griffiths. I'm sending my one and only son after him and filling your name 
right there. That's the mystery. God really cares about you. God really loves you. God really thinks about you. And he thinks highly of you. And he's, he says, you're worth my only son dying on a cross. That's a mystery, right? Yes or no? Okay, good. That's where he kicks off. And he says, remain rooted in him. Stand in him. As you were singing, Madeline, I don't know if you're still in the room. Uh, he holds us in the palm of his hand, right? I just had myself envisioned. Do you remember when you, when you, if those of us that are parents, do you remember when those little guys or girls were so little, you feel like you could just, they were, I don't know, it was just, you could hide them in you. You know, like you'd put them in, you couldn't see them, you know, anymore. I picture that. But me, you know, 250 pounds (laughs) in fetal position in the hands of God. Is that weird for anybody else? Sorry. (laughs) But that's what Paul's calling us to. To stand there. All the other, like the facts about your day, they don't really matter compared to this truth. He says this in all of his letters. All of them. This is it. This is, people ask, what's life about? Paul thinks it's this. Hiding in Christ. Knowing who you are because the Father loves you and he sent his son for you. And then he gives us a warning. Let me make sure I haven't skipped over anything. I write stuff down. Most people are like, it seems like he doesn't have notes. I do have notes. (laughs) Palm is in. There it is. All right. And he says, see to it. What are we supposed to see to? That no one takes you captive. That you don't get stolen away. By what? Evil, false ideologies, false thinking, philosophies that end in nothing. Terry, um, Terry mentioned asking yourself, what's your truth? What's the ultimate truth that you put around you, that you buckle as a belt? Paul would ask the same question here. Is it these false thoughts that are floating around? I love Bob Dylan. Everybody knows that, right? He came up with a couple Christian albums. Rumor has it he was brought to Jesus by Keith Green. And those are, the, I think, heads above most other Christian... We can get verbal debates later. But one of my favorite lines of one of his Christian albums, it's off a slow train coming, I forget which song it is, but he says, I don't know which one is worse, doing your own thing or just being cool. He's, he's talking about just going with the flow. 
just allowing false ideologies, that's ah, not that bad. You know, not taking serious things seriously is wrong. Right? Paul is calling us, he says, make sure that these little eddies, like in a river, you know, like little branches off, don't pull you aside from what's really important. For me, this is a check yourself, Jason. How much TV are you watching? How much fools speaking are you allowing to go in you? You know? Because there's a lot of foolishness just rolling around. Amen? And Paul is saying, no. Don't take your eye off the ball. Keep your identity at the front and center. Who you are. Whose you are. That is God the Father through Jesus the Christ. And then he says, how do we do this? How do we fight against being taken captive? Both actively and passively. I focus mainly on passively. But you can also... I've been there where you rationalize. You're just like, I want to sin some more. I want to find out a way that I can feel better about it. So I start studying some kind of philosophy that makes me feel better about myself, even though I'm wrong the wrong way. So there's, a, there's an active side of that. But I'm thinking, I'm speaking to a holy audience, right? You guys have been cruising with Jesus for longer than I have. Longer than I've been alive. So I think the bigger flag to be waved here is watch out for the passive. Watch out for just, oh, I, I was serious about my faith back in 87. I, I got there. I'm arrived. And just picking up your feet and just saying, okay, I'm just going to hang out for a bit. If you just do that, you'll float off into the wrong direction. And there is no retirement in the kingdom of God. Jesus is always your king. And he's always calling you to, use a, to be used as a vessel of his. So, and then he says, how do you fight against being passively swept into oblivion? Like into kind of not being used as a vessel. He goes back to identity, right? And actually, he talks about circumcision. He says... In the Hebrew tradition, in the Hebrew faith, we had circumcision. But as followers of Jesus, we have a spiritual circumcision. What is that spiritual circumcision? It starts with a B, ends with an aptism. <laughs> I'm going to keep using that joke. <laughs> I used it last week, too. <laughs> I did Bible, you know. Be, anyway, uh, your baptism. And I say, even remember the Lord's Supper. I grew up as a, just a Christian, follower of Jesus, and I eventually became a Presbyterian. And what kind of brought me into the fold of Presbyterianism is both the church government and the theologian John Calvin. I always was firmly rooted in believer's baptism. You ever heard that? Like, there's, there's all kinds of things... And I don't want to make everybody angry because <laughs> that's, I don't know. I just don't. There's people that 
say you can be baptized as a baby. Some that say you have to be of age and, and it's your own responsibility. And then there's some that say, once, yeah, there's all kinds of debates and all this fighting and stuff like that. And I was always of the mind, you had to be of age to understand baptism, to be baptized. Until I read 12 pages by John Calvin, and it's on this passage. He makes a case for baptism isn't about the person being baptized. Baptism is about us. It's actually about us. It's about the church, capital C. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about the people that are following after Jesus, making King Jesus the king of their lives. It's the new circumcision. He says, new covenant people, circumcision is the old way that pointed to what Jesus was talking about, baptism. And when you're baptized, your sin is nailed to the cross. And you're dead and buried. And as you come out, you're a new creation. And it's less about the person going under and coming up as a new creation. And more about the people of God surrounding that person. It's about Kathy. Remember a couple months ago? Well, actually a couple weeks ago. We baptized Sean Mora. And I said my favorite part, and the reason is, my favorite part is, I think it's theologically rooted in the Trinity of baptism, is when, when Sean was baptized, I asked you to covet to him, covenant to him, I'm going to watch out for him. He's a part of the spiritually circumcised people now. And we're going to surround him and lift him up in prayer and offer him free coffee when he needs to, and a listening ear when somebody talks. It's about us. This is just, every once in a while i got to go off on a tangent and go about something about what I've been wrestling with in my mind. But I'm very firmly convinced that we need to be reminded over and over what it's really about. What life is really about. It's about this table. It's about breaking bread with one another. It's about communing with Jesus the Christ. It's about what Paul what Paul's talking about right here. It's about God loving and adoring us so much that he sent his one and only son. And I get this huge like uh Remember later on it says like this, erasing the record that stood against us. I looked on Amazon, I looked on everything. I was trying to find the biggest eraser. <laughs> I couldn't find it. Do you remember when yet all of you teachers that have been around the block a couple hundred times, remember, the, remember you'd be writing on the whiteboard and then the, they had those little erasers and then the real teachers had those, those like six foot long bars of felt or something. I don't know what those were. And you go, remember? That's what Paul's talking about. That's that's what it's about. You're not, you're, (laughs) that's why it's so revolutionary too, right? This kingdom stuff is really revolutionary. 
Because the world is thinking they have a list of what it's really about. It's about getting to the top of the corporate ladder. It's about having all these things. It's about being known. It's about winning. It's about, and just fill in the blank. And Paul is consistently calling us as a people to group, as followers of King Jesus. No, it's not. No, it's not. I've gotten in the habit of when something stupid is said on TV, I say, no, it's not. (laughs) That is not true. I will not be happier if I eat Fruit Loops right now. (laughs) That isn't what's going to complete me. Paul's talking about this word, and he's saying, Jesus beat them all up. Right at the end, you get this picture in the title of the sermon, Jesus Disarmed the Rulers. They're standing around, they're holding guns. He knocked them all out of their hands. But how did he do it? He did it by dying. He did it by loving. He did it by passionately suffering with God's creation and linking us all together. Okay, how do we apply this? Goodness, I wrote some of this down. We live lives rooted in Christ. How do you do that? I loved it when Terry was asking during the children's message rhetorical question like what's your what did she say what's the truth what's your truth and people started shouting it out (laughs) she was like no no think about it (laughs) but that that's not this I'm asking you how do you live a life rooted in Christ abide how does that how does that manifest itself reading God's word Uh, he's not a plant (laughs) Because I I honestly, I needed you to say it because God is putting these texts in front of us and the application consistently is loud in my ear. Your people need to read the Bible more. And I don't know how I need to say that. A lot of times I'll be telling Malia something or she'll be telling me. And it's usually me selling. uh, It's usually her telling me something. And I have to eventually say, I'm not hearing you. Say it a different way, right? Have you ever been there? Am I the only one who's an idiot? Okay. I need to tell you in some other way, some way that you're supposed to hear, read your Bibles more. I'm not creative enough to think of how that is. Work it out. Can you hear me say it? Read your Bibles more. I don't know if that that means getting a a book on CD or tape or whatever you got or... um, That's enough. Remember your baptism. Remember the the Lord's table. Remember who's been, who's made you into who you are. And you ever seen that movie, uh, Training Day? Well, you guys all fail. That's (laughs) R-rated. Just kidding. Just kidding. Denzel Washington, you remember the famous scene? King Kong ain't got nothing on me. 
Paul is saying that you are that character. And King Kong isn't filling the word, the word world. This world ain't got nothing on me. I'm untouchable. All, all the, the demons, all Satan's minions can't touch me. Cling to your identity and know that truth. He has the biggest eraser, and it was erased before you even did it. Let's worship a little more, yeah? Let's stand and um, let's sing Bond of Love. As we continue to worship our King, King Jesus, in this realm, kingdom of God, people, this is a part of the service where we give back a portion of just, uh, just a portion of what he's so richly blessed us with. If you notice, there's our financials are in the order of worship or in the bulletin. And I want to commend you once again. We fell a little behind in our tithing and our offering, but this last month, you guys are so faithful. You're so faithful to give to God through this outpost. And I can't say thank you enough. And your generosity and your ability to tithe through thick and thin, it ministers to me as your pastor. And it lets me know we're on the right course. Um, so as we continue in worship, this morning's tithes and offerings are now received. If you're at home listening at the pod, on the podcast, please mail your, uh, your gifts and tithes and offerings to P.O. Box, Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. This morning's offering now received.
reminded of the story of Samuel, who was ministering under Eli as a boy, and in the nighttime heard his name called, Samuel, Samuel. He rushed into Eli, who said he did not call him. After the third time this happened, Eli realized that it was God calling Samuel. Next time he heard his name called, he responded, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. We come so often to God in prayer with our requests and concerns, and we present them to God. We need to remember that God often has words for us to hear. It's like those old cell phone commercials. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? We need to respond as Samuel did and say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. As we go to prayer this morning, let us be aware and listening for God speaking to us. Pray with me. Not only can we find you in this house of prayer, O God, but wherever we are on any day of the week, you know our problems and concerns and will help us solve them. You know our lacks and how to meet our needs. Help us to depend on your day, on you day by day, and call upon you for our daily bread as well as the bread of life for our souls. Renew your church. Reunite any divisions. Strengthen its weaknesses. May our united efforts bring healing to the sick, food and drink to the hungry and thirsty, clothing to the naked, visitation to prisoners, and the preaching of the good news to all who have not heard it. Be with the session this week as they look toward the future of the church and our vision for it. May all that is done there serve to reach the church into the community beyond. Bless our loved ones and friends. Show your love to each one of us. Be our light in darkness, our protector in temptation, our refuge in danger, our comfort in sorrow. Bless those who are going through the storms of life. Again, on the news, we see a raging fire in our state, with homes being engulfed and acres burning and no control in spite of the efforts. We ask for safety of all the firefighters on the scene. We ask for protection of the residents and homes in the area. We pray for weather conditions to improve to aid the firefighting. Comfort and heal those in illness and pain, those whose spirit has been broken under the tensions of their lives, those who make poor choices in life. Healing spirit. Bring peace of mind to the troubled, health of body to the sick, and wholeness to the broken. 
We pray for healing from cancer for all who are facing this challenge. Grant human and divine support to those undergoing or awaiting treatments. Protect the vulnerable from COVID and other viruses. Assist all who serve the ill that their work may be beneficial. Bring our loved ones to wholeness of body, mind, and spirit. Use us as ambassadors of your love. Compassionate God, we give you thanks for the life of our friend Gil Keller, whose faith and prayers touched us all. We thank you that for him the trials of this life are over, and he has entered into his eternal reward. We ask that you comfort his family and friends and give them your hope of the future. Lord our God, accept the fervent prayers of your people. In your great mercy, look with compassion on us and all who turn to you for help, for you are gracious. Speak to us, for we are listening. To you we give glory, now and forever through Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now I invite you to stand as we sing our final hymn, Have Thine Own Way, Lord.
I, I just wanted to reiterate. Application one, read your Bibles. Application two, um, remain in Christ, rooted in him. And then, you know, sometimes being ADHD, I have connections in my brain that I don't say out loud. <laughs> and that last one was, I kind of left it dangling. I noticed I started the text and I noticed it, it's to all of us. Your homework assignment to read the Bible is read this text over and over and see what I'm saying about community. We, us. And then look at baptism in light of that. And Calvin just brings out the truth that another way that we remain in Christ, rooted in Christ, is we look at each other right to the left. Look right now. Look at each other. And remind one another you are rooted in God through Christ. Say it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting bossy. <laughs> because that's, that's, we're kingdom, right? Who's your king? Pop quiz. Jin Chung. Oh, yeah. Jesus. See, everybody answered for you, Jin. A plus. So help each other remain rooted in Christ. Help each other get your eyes off of what the world's saying and all the false ideologies. Take up time in your neighbor's calendar so that they can't think stupid thoughts. Right? I need that. Say, hey, I'm going over to Pastor Jason's. I've never even met him. Get over there. I don't want all of you the same day. <laughs> but have that. We're community. Let each other know it. There's another sermon. Sorry about that, Mark. You get a third, you get a third sermon right before. That. That's a freebie. And that's because Brian Ihara's back. Look at that guy. I love seeing that dude around. I just told Philip, who works with... Everybody give Philip and, and Sean a round of applause. Of everyone in this room, they hear more complaining than anyone. <laughs> Too loud, too cold. They have nothing to do with the temperature. <laughs> Leave them out of it. I'm the large one. I had to get the AC. Anyway, I, I don't want to give you another sermon. But right now, let's all receive this benediction, myself included. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. May the peace of Christ, who transcends all understanding, Guard our hearts and our minds now and forevermore. May God be praised and all God's people said, <laughs>